We are in Yavamu Salam at Hey Omer Aleph 35A1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. Uh, today we will be concluding the third chapter, the third parak of Yavamus, and we are almost a third done with the entire tractate. Uh, so this is a big Mazatov for the completion of the third chapter. Uh, we just concluded two different versions of Shmuel. Of Shmuel had a statement, and there were two different versions of Shmuel's statement. Uh, according to the verse, first version of Shmuel, Shmuel essentially said that the idea of Havchana, of uh, separating uh, the, the uh, sexual relations from one person to another, if somebody had sexual relations with one person and then they married somebody else, uh, so then they have to wait three months so that uh, we know who the father is. Shmuel is of the opinion that this also applies to uh, to girls who are under the age of 12, even though they cannot become pregnant. But we say that it's common enough that we will make a rabbinic decree. We'll, we will add on to this rabbinic decree and say that it, this doesn't just apply to adults, but this also applies uh, to girls who are under the age of 12. According to the second version, the second version argued and said, no, that's not true. Uh, Shmuel said something different. And really Shmuel holds that girls who are under the age of 12, they also... Uh, do not have to uh, to separate for uh, the, wait three months in order to marry somebody after they had sexual relations. It's important to note that this is specifically sexual relations outside the context of marriage. Uh, but if it's within the context of marriage, so then we would say that they would have to wait because that is more common. Uh, but if it's sexual relations outside the context of marriage, so that is not so common according to the second version. And then uh, we would not say that they would have to wait, uh, because since it's not so common, we won't uh, add to this decree, to this uh, this law, uh, this rabbinic law, to say that girls under the age of 12 also have to separate uh, for, or not have relations for uh, three months. But within that statement of Shmuel, within the second version, Shmuel also said, within that statement, that a convert... A woman who is converting and she's an adult, she also does not have to wait three months. So let's say she was married to somebody else before the uh, before the conversion, and then she converts, or let's say they both convert. Let's say both the husband and wife convert. So then they would not have to wait three months. Shmuel says that they would not have to wait three months. Um, uh, and the Gemara is going to ask, why not? They should have to wait three months. The Gemara asks, Giyores and Mushachrares to Shlech Boznos Ligzor, with regards to a convert, or the other case is another type of a conversion where it's a non Jewish uh, slave and she becomes free. Once she becomes free, she becomes Jewish, which is a whole discussion, which we'll get to later on in the tractate, in the Masechta. Uh, but they also they have, they have sexual relations, even if they're not married, they have Znus. They have sexual relations outside the context of marriage, and we should be concerned that once they convert to them, we don't know who the father is. Uh, we wouldn't even know uh, whether it's what we something we refer to as Zari Yisrael, whether the father is Jewish or not, um, whether it's coming from from a Jewish father or not. Uh, so we should say that they would have. To, we should say that they should not have sexual relations for three months, so that we know with clarity. So the Gemara answers. Shmuel is of the opinion of Rabbiosi. Hudamak Rabbiosi. He follows the position of Rabbiosi. Ditanya. It says in a brisa. The brisa says as follows: Hagiyores va'shvuya va'shivcha. 
Sheniftu v'nishkayru v'nishtacharu. Tzrichos lahamtin shlosha chadashim divrei Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yosi matir li'ares v'linasim miyad. This has really nothing to do with converts and conversion. Uh, the Brisa says that if there's a case of a conversion or a shivcha, which is a, the case of where she's a non-Jewish slave, then essentially becomes Jewish and converts. Or even if it's somebody who's Jewish, but it was a woman who was taken captive, and then they, she's freed. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that she has to wait three months uh, because we're concerned that they had sexual relations beforehand, and now they're going to marries somebody else, so she has to wait three months before she has marital relations. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yossi, Matar Miyad. Rabbi Yossi says it's, they're allowed to get married right away. Why? What's the reason? Why is this allowed? Right now, the reason, the first understanding, is that uh, she, a, a woman who engages in znus, in sexual relations outside the context of marriage, which is the cases that we are referring to uh, in that brisa. This is all outside the context of marriage. Uh, so they don't want to become pregnant. So they'll do what needs to happen to make sure that they, they won't become pregnant. And uh, the, the Gemara gives one example where they insert a cloth into the vaginal area. They use a moch. Uh, but they'll make sure that they, don't, they, they won't become pregnant. And because they will make sure that they won't become pregnant, so therefore we don't have a concern that they will become pregnant. And therefore, according to Rabbi they do not have to wait uh, three months. They would not have to wait three months. So Amr Abai Abayi says to Rabbi, if this is the reason, so this doesn't answer all of the different uh, cases that we had in the Brisa. I understand if we're discussing the woman who's converting. So then she has in mind that she doesn't want to become pregnant. Um, even though if she, she converts when she's pregnant, the child is still Jewish. Uh, a, a convert who is pregnant and, and she converts when she's pregnant, the child is Jewish. But still, she doesn't want to become pregnant from beforehand, based on the reason that we had before, the concept of Zari Yisroel, because she wants it that uh, if the father is not Jewish, um, so then, and she she had sexual relations, which led to pregnancy before she converts, so that does impact the child, the child is Jewish, but it impacts the child with regards to other areas of halacha, let's say, marrying a Kohen, uh, whether the child can marry a Kohen, other areas of halacha as well. And so therefore, we know that she will make sure that uh, she will uh, use birth control and she will not be she will not become uh, pregnant. Same thing as Shvuy when it comes to the non uh, when it comes to the non Jewish uh, slave or when it comes to the woman who is taken into captivity. So when they find out that they are about to go free, so then they'll also they'll protect themselves. They'll make sure that they do not become pregnant. However, there is a different way in which uh, she, a, a woman who is a slave, a non-Jewish woman who is a slave, there is a way in which she could become free. And that's through shame, the eye, and that's uh, a result of the loss of her tooth or eye by her master. Her master causes her to lose her tooth or eye. She automatically goes free. The law is that she automatically goes free. That's without any uh, knowledge of going free beforehand. She didn't know about it. So, she didn't realize that she was going to go free. It just happened. One day, uh, the master uh, did, uh, caused her to uh, to lose her tooth or eye. So then, 
she automatically goes free. She, she never had time to prepare to know that, you know what, she's, uh, she's about to go free. So in such a scenario, so why would she prevent herself from, uh, from pregnancy? She doesn't even know that she's going to go free. She has no clue that she's going to go free. So the Gemara says as follows. If you're going to tell me that, maybe that case is different. You know what, that case is different. Rabiosi agrees that if it's a case where it wasn't planned, where it just it happened that it's a different situation where she goes free and now she can marry whoever she wants, uh, and that case is different, then Rabiosi would agree in that case that they would have to wait three months, but we know that that's not true. But the mission, the, really, Vatanya, the Brisa says otherwise. There's another Brisa, which is also a very interesting Brisa, which is with regards to a Jew, a full-fledged Jew, Anusa Mufusa Trichel Hamdin Shosha Chadashim Di Rabiosi, Rabiosi Matila Aris Vilinosimiyad, that a woman who was either raped or seduced, meaning outside the context of marriage, so according to Rabbi Yehuda, he holds, as he held before, you have to wait three months. If she wants to have sexual relations after that, she has to wait three months so that we know who the father is. Rabiosi says, no, she's allowed to get married right away. And in the case of a rape, a, a terrible case of rape, Unfortunately, it's, it's definitely not planned, and so therefore, uh, she has no time to, to, pre- to prepare for this and to prevent it. Uh, so how, why does Rabiosi say that she's allowed to marry whoever she, she's allowed to have sexual relations right away? Uh, she should also have to wait three months because she didn't have time to, to prepare for this. So the Gemara explains now answer number two. Elam Rabbi Abaya says, this is still a form of birth control, but Isham is and Mizabechaz Rabbi says that whenever any woman, whenever she engages in uh, sexual relations outside the context of marriage, no matter what the case is, no matter what the situation is, according to Rabiosi, whenever she does this, uh, she will make sure that she'll use some sort of birth control technique that the Gemara describes, is that she's able to use some sort of birth control technique to make sure that she does not become pregnant. That during, during that process, she will make sure that she does not become pregnant, in any situation where it's outside the context of marriage. Because if it's outside the context of marriage, they would not want to become pregnant, and so therefore that's what we could rely upon. Rabbi Yehuda, who does require waiting three months, does he disagree? The Gemara asks, what does Rabbi Yehuda, what does Rabbi Yehuda say? What is his position? He agrees that the general rule is that if a person is having sexual relations outside the context of marriage, they will make sure that uh, they'll try hard not to become pregnant. However, Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. We're concerned uh, that she didn't do a proper job, that something went wrong, uh, and that she did, be, in fact, become pregnant. So Rabbi Huda says that in those, con- in those situations, even if it's outside the context of marriage, they still have to wait three months. Rabbi Yossi says, no, we are not concerned for that. We assume that they will try hard not to become pregnant, and so therefore they do not have to wait three months. So according to Rabbi Yossi, the only time that they have to really wait three months is if it's within the context of marriage. So let's say uh, somebody's married and then they get divorced, so then they would have to wait uh, three months until um, until they could have, if they marry somebody else, uh, to to engage in marital relations. That is uh, the conclusion of that part of the Gemara. We have a few more lines that discusses uh, the last line of the Mishnah, but just one last point with regards to the last topic about waiting three months. There is a discussion, so it's beyond it's beyond this recording. Uh, but there's a discussion whether this would apply nowadays. Nowadays, where we could figure out uh, through different testing who is the father uh, of the child, so we could figure out through different uh, DNA testing, and we could uh, we could figure it out. So there's a question, there's a discussion whether or not they, in fact, she would have to wait three months today, where there's just an easier way of of figuring this out.
so that is that is a discussion. Now let's continue on with the Gemara. The Gemara quotes from the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that, again, the case of the Mishnah, going back to the case of the Mishnah, is where we have two couples. They were both halachically engaged, and that at the time of the chuppah, at the time of the actual wedding, the halachic wedding, uh, they they swapped with each other, and unintentionally, and uh, that's the case of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, if let's say the women were kohanos, if they were kohanos, the Gemara will explain what does it mean kohanos. They were connected to to uh, being kohanim uh, or being part of the tribe of the Kohen tribe. A Kohen in general is allowed to eat truma. However, they're not they're disqualified from eating truma uh, if it's uh, if they have um, if they engage in sexual immorality, even if it's unintentional. Like in our Mishnah, the case in the Mishnah is unintentional, but if they engage in sexual immorality, uh, so then they are not allowed to eat truma. So they become puzzled. They, they're not allowed to eat the truma, which is the food which is designated to the Kohanim. So the Gemara asks, Kohanos in Yisrael is low. The implication is that it's we're, spe- we're specifically referring to uh, a woman who was what we refer to as the Abbas Kohen. Her father was a Kohen. She belongs to the Kohen tribe. Only they become disqualified. But the implication is, of, let's say, uh, she is born of a Yisrael. Her father is a Yisrael. And she marries a Kohen. Let's say she's married to a Kohen. The law is, is that a Yisrael, a woman who is Yisrael, Israelis, and she marries a Kohen, she's allowed to eat truma. So why isn't that the case of the Mishnah, where she becomes disqualified from eating truma? Not only is she disqualified from eating truma, uh, but in this case, she would have to get divorced. The only time that she doesn't have to get divorced in the case where they swap and they engage in um, sexual immorality, and essentially adultery in this case, um, so they would have to, even though it was unintentional, uh, if she's married to a Kohen, they would have to get divorced. The Kohen cannot remain married to her. The Israel, the Israel, if they're married to Israel, to a non-Kohen, they could remain married because it was unintentional. But with regards to a Kohen, they would have to get divorced. And so A, they would have to get divorced, and B... Seemingly, uh, they would also not be allowed to eat truma. So why does the Mishnah say that it's specifically referring to a case of where her father is a Kohen, even if her father is a Yisrael, and she married a Kohen, she should also be disqualified from eating truma. So like my answer is, Ema imahayu nishay kohanim. Really read it not just as kohanos, but if they were the wives of kohanim. Nishay kohanim. The cases where they were the wives of kohanim, and so anytime they're the wives of kohanim, and... We have the situation of our Mishnah where it's adultery, even if it's un, unintended, but it's adultery, so they have to get divorced from their Kohen husband, and they are no longer allowed to eat truma. So the Gemara asks why, the Gemara now asks on that answer, why is it that it's specifically referring to the wives of Kohanim? Neshei Kohanim in, Neshei Yisraelim lo, but if they, were, if they were married to Yisrael, let's say they were married to Yisrael. But we also say if they're married to Yisrael, it's not, even though they're not having truma now, let's say it's a, a Yisrael a man who belongs to the to Israel to a non kohen, they're a non kohen, and the wife is also a non kohen. That we say that if also in that case, if they commit, if uh, she commits adultery, so then she's not allowed to marry a kohen in the future. Uh, so this should have impact. This should impact not just the present, but it should also impact the future. Let's say uh, she got she divorced. Uh, she got divorced from her husband, from her first husband. She would not be allowed to marry a kohen as her second husband. of Amram Hamilsa Amralon. Rav Sheshis, Rav Amram says, didn't the fa- Rav Sheshis tell us the following idea? And he brought a proof to it from our Mishnah. 
If any situation where uh, the wife of Yisrael uh, engages in sexual immorality, um, so even if she's allowed to be with her husband, because let's say it's a case of where it was by accident or it was a case of rape, in any of these cases she's allowed to stay married to her husband if her husband is Yisrael, but she's not allowed to marry a Kohen in the future. She would not be allowed to marry the Kohen in the future. So why, essentially the question of the Gemara is uh, why does in this first answer of the Gemara, the, the Gemara wants to say that the Mishnah is discussing a case where they are the wives of Kohanim, even if they're the wives of a Yisrael, of a non-Kohen, that wife is also no, no longer allowed to eat truma, even if she's not eating truma in the present because she's married to Yisrael, but she's not allowed to marry a Kohen in the future. She's not allowed to marry a Kohen in the future, she's not, she's not allowed to eat truma in the future. So Amarav, Rav says, fine, this is how you have to read the Mishnah, Hachikamar. We are discussing a case where they are the daughters of Kohanim who were married uh, to Israel. The daughters of Kohanim, as long as they are single, they are allowed to eat truma. Once they marry a Yisrael, they are no longer allowed to eat truma. Uh, but if if uh, if they have children and the husband either dies or, or they get divorced, she's still not allowed to eat truma because once they have children from that marriage, so then she's not allowed to eat truma. But if they do not have children, and they get divorced, or the husband husband dies. So then she goes back to her to her original family, and she is viewed as a bas kohen, and she could eat truma. However, in our scenario, where she is the wife of a Yisrael, she she her father is a kohen, but she's the wife of Yisrael. She cannot eat truma now, but because there was adultery, even though it wasn't intentional, but because there was adultery in this case, nisulumina truma If her husband were to pass away. Without any children, even though in general she could have truma, she could eat truma, but because in this scenario she committed adultery, so she is not allowed to eat truma. Even if her husband were to pass away and she goes back to her father's home uh, and she's viewed as a bas kohen, the daughter of a kohen, she's still not allowed to eat truma because of uh, the adultery, uh, because of the sexual immorality which took place. Hadron Allah Achim. That completes the third parak. And we should return to the third parak. We should review the third parak, and we should return to it. So Mazel Tov to everybody on the completion of the third parak. We are really almost a third done of this uh, very long and uh, interesting, and at times very difficult uh, tractate.